podcast on this Sunday evening. This afternoon. Uh, what is it, about one o'clock in the afternoon for you guys? Yep. There you go. Yep. One o'clock. Um, so, tonight with me, we have my co-host, Peter Ray Allison. Good evening, everyone. And our special guest tonight. Joining us again, Dana Fredstay. Hi there. And our second guest, we have Alina Andre. Hello. Right, ladies. It's good to have some female representation on this podcast for once, because we're very much lacking in that sort of uh, area. Um, but uh, Dana, how are you? Welcome back. How's things? What have you been up to? Thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I have been, what have I been up to? Um, lots and lots and lots of working at a haunted museum as our marketing and events coordinator, uh, doing a pitch for a new Joe Ledger anthology. I've got a story that I'll be writing for that. Um, doing a pitch for Weird Tales uh, magazine. I'm also the uh, submissions editor for Weird Tales. Um, I work with Jonathan Mayberry on that. I've been walking my dog and, uh, you know, I've got the 10 cats. So I've been cleaning lots of litter boxes. <laughs> that's life. Glamorous life of a writer right there. <laughs> and Alina, tell us about yourself. Who, who are you? Oh, I, Miam, I met um, Dana years ago in sword fighting class. So uh, in, in Hollywood, I think it was Hollywood Burbank. So I've known Dana for a long time and she's amazing. And I learned under her. Um, but I, you know, I started out as an immigrant and I immigrated from Romania and then I saw my first film, Star Wars, which started the whole sword fighting action thing. And then uh, I ended up coming to, I did my first live show in Michigan when I was studying at an engineering university to be an engineer. That's what my dad wanted. I was <laughs> like, that didn't happen. So just, I would go drive from Flint to Ann Arbor and do three hours of three times a week of sword fighting and stunt class because I did the uh, Renaissance Festival there, which I had own live danger show. It was like a big deal, which is my thing when I was 19, 20. And then I took, um, came to LA in 2001 and I started training as an actor and I started training martial arts and I kept up my sword fighting connection from Michigan to LA. And that's how I met Dana with that whole group in Burbank. And I just kind of kept at it. I realized through stunts, I got more acting auditions because the coordinators would send me in with a couple girls instead of me and 300. So I started my career mainly, mainly through stunts and stunt coordinators and second year directors. And it was great because I had already a martial arts background and I had six years of sword fighting training plus four years or five years of acting training when I met a stunt coordinator and he got me on Charmed. I actually was standing in on Charmed. This is how he gave me a stunt person. I was standing in on Charmed. And my friend grabbed me. He's like, hey, I want you to be the stunt coordinator. I was like, why? He's like, because you'd be good at stunts. I'm like, thanks, this. <laughs> I was like, I thought actors did all their own stunts because actors were <laughs> in a high of this training. I was like, stunt people, what? No. So he grabbed me from stage 25 at Paramount to meet Nuno Sadi, who was a stunt coordinator of Charmed. And he was doing a little fight scene in this uh, uh, behind this like giant black SUV. And he introduced me, my friend Troy. He's like, this is Alina. You know, she's new to stunts. I was like, yeah. Didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just lunchtime going to Paramount parking lot. He never even asked me to this day how you got on the lot. He never did. So I did myself. And I had my resume had two dinky little credits because I was like 26. I came to LA when I was 22. But I had all this training. So I had sword fighting training from Michigan. I had sword fighting training with Dan with you know everybody from the group there. I had 
five, four or five years of Muay Thai martial arts training and screen fighting. And I had a bunch of other improv training. So he's like, oh, you have a lot of training. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, do you want to be a Valkyrie next week? And I was like, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a Valkyrie. Like, are, you with, like, are you with a stunt service? I'm like, nope. He's like, do you have stunt pads? I'm like, what's that? So <laughs> totally green, right? I didn't even know I was, I didn't, this was called hustling. I didn't even know I was hustling. I was just meeting a coordinator. And uh, he's like, okay, well, I'll call you next week for two days to be a Valkyrie because he needed a girl that can sword fight and then fall back on something. I was like, yeah, that's me. I can sword fight. I do that shit in my sleep. So I got called in from Bill Stunt Service. I registered with Bill Stunt Services. I showed up and I got this really cute little outfit and I swung a sword and I blew up in a fireball because, you know, Charm is all about mythical fantasy creatures. And then I saw my paycheck and I was like, what the shit is this? I'm like... <laughs> I've been working five jobs. I can't even make this in one day. And I was like, oh, hell, this is, this is what I'm going to be doing. It's all about the money. It's all, all about, about the money. Like, yeah, but I met so many cool people that day that ended up becoming my good friends later on. And I started training. You know, I was training Muay Thai at the time. I got into Taekwondo. I got into, uh, later on, Jiu-Jitsu and um, grappling. And then I started Wushu. And then... Ooh started martial arts training and I kept up my sword training with Dan and Jan and Burbank. And then I started, I fucking hustled like a crazy person. I hustled like a dude. Like I didn't have my tits out. I showed up respectfully, you know, I hustled like a guy. All right. Am I allowed to say that? Whatever. Well, this is going to be an awesome podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm almost 35. My filter's gone. It's fucking left the building. Hey, so, uh, then, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Who brought this whirlwind upon us? I love filter. <laughs> I know. Dana's my I remember you always. Aw. Her and I would have wine together and she would tell me like the wisdom of the world and I was like, fucking love you, Dana. And then she moved and I was like, God damn it, why'd she go? <laughs> so what so sorry, okay, so how how where's the connection? Where's the connection? How did you meet? Sword fighting class. That, okay, that's what I gotta say. We met in Michigan. We did not meet, meet uh, at Dan and Jan's in the academy. I came back as a guest instructor at Ring of Steel. I met you when you were 17, and we started talking because you'd hurt your leg or something, and I went to get you Arnica. I don't even remember why I remember this, but I do, and we just clicked. I mean, oh, it's just, she always reminded me of me when I was younger, just everything about, you know, just the love of sword fighting and her energy, and then she moved out to L.A., and you started coming over to Glendale and hanging out, and... We watched the episode of Eliminate together that you did, and then you started working out with Dan and Jan too. And yes, I remember Eliminate, all of this stuff. So yeah, it was wonderful. And when she, and she's one of the only, when, when Alina asks you for advice, she's one of the only people that I met in her 20s that when she asks you, she really wants to hear what you say. And she actually acts on it. I, she was one of the most mature people I have ever met. I just, I, I have nothing but nice things and nice memories of this woman, so. Oh, oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, this is what I wanted but never got. I had a brother, so it was lame. I was like, oh, great, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was old sister. <laughs> I know I was 19 when I met you because I was I was 19 because it was in Michigan. I was in, I was going to school. Not You're right. Ring of Steel is when I met you. Wow. Yeah. God, been forever. Yeah. I'm 44 yeah. now. Holy shit. It's like yeah. been yeah. five lifetimes. Yeah. Oh, Dana's wow. Yeah. We go way back. Yeah. Go back to yeah. wow. So that, that's so she met you when you were nineteen, 
my math. Tw- 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah, 25 years. Wow. 19, and then I came to LA when I was 22 yeah. and I turned 23. Yeah, and that's when I I hooked up with Data again and went to Jan Jan. I was like, I'm here, guys. And that's when Dan Jan made me go, you know, like, you know, scoop up poor shit and all this crap and maybe work. When did you When did you move from... I paid my What? when did you move when did you move from romania what age were you when you moved across from romania five oh you're five Uh, wow and and this is how bad the romanian mafia was the same thing like the ukrainian mafia what's happening in ukraine right now because ukrainian mafia are assholes and i feel bad for those people the romanian mafia was the same thing my dad had threatened the romanian government to take us to get us he wanted us to christmas 82 and in spite they kept us until january 83 and we finally immigrated my dad had to pay a lot of money to bring us over and this is he had legal right because he married my mom and but then i found out when i was 31 i was adopted that's a whole nother story that's a whole nother podcast so. wow a lot of <laughs> we'll have to get you back on your own just to sort of go through it all it's crazy it's crazy i mean a lot of europeans can have these kinds of stories where they found adopted later on this has happened and whatever because you know communism and crazy times so anyway hashtag communism there you go that's yeah <laughs> i'll tell you what being growing up being brought up in communism having early childhood it really makes you sniff out the bullshit from a young age so are you really blunt so every so i used to date a polish girl and every and we there's a girl who uh does some stuff for the website uh called uh, daniela uh who's from romania as well she lives in romania uh and they're very blunt they, they there's no sort of sugarcoating things it's like they 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 say what they mean and it's just that's just the way it is is that how you yeah. are i can like well it depends if i have more sugar or i don't know alcohol but i don't really drink i'm not trying to say i'm an alcoholic i'm not no at all <laughs> like no i think europeans are brought up to be very direct and honest but you know we have I've, i say it with tact i'm not gonna be mean like i've said you know i've done white lies with people like oh does it make it look fat i'm like no you look really curvy it's beautiful so you know stuff like that <laughs> i have but yeah, Europeans are just really direct, and we have no, you know, it's kind of how I was raised, I guess. But in a good. <laughs> Have you ever seen a, uh, there was just, I think it must, it's, I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but there was a thing called Chuck Norris versus Communism, and it was basically about um, the pirate tape business in Romania, and how, because um, they, they didn't, you have like a famous dubber, or somebody who used to do loads of sort of kind of dubbing for um, American films, and because it was technically illegal, because obviously, um, you know, communism, and they don't want the Americans sort of you know, culture Values. dripping in, yeah, dripping into it and stuff. Um, but they had this sort of underground, uh, like pirate video sort of kind of thing going on, and it's it's a, it's a documentary about all these videos that come in and this lady who did a lot of the dubbing for all all, all these films. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch if you ever get a chance. I'll take okay. I'll, I love Netflix documentaries. That's the only reason I keep it because it's documentary. Yeah, yeah. 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 So what is stunt work like for females? I mean, what's the kind of, you know, male to female ratio? Um, I mean, there's, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot more women, you know, generated movies now are women in yeah. power films. Um, I mean, when I started, yeah, it was like maybe one female cop and 10 male cops, but now they're putting more women in it and whatnot. Um, there's a lot of great male stunt coordinators. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, loudmouth a lot of males because a lot of really amazing men that hired me and continue to hire me. And they're really great and they support women. 
Um, it's just, you know, every generation that comes in, it's just, they get rid of the old programming, bring in the new, but now there's so many male, female driven. Like I just got done writing a Western and it's a Western, it's called the Five Aces. And it's about these five women ganging up on the men, on these two outlaws that have done a lot of raping and pillaging when they were, you know, younger. And, but I need a lot of men for this movie because it's all about the outlaws and the posses. And it's really a lot of work for men as well, but it's women generated. I think now that more women writers, producers have come in, it's balanced out the stunts and the acting. But, you know, it's, I don't know, it's changed a lot in a good way. It's just, you know, as you get older, I can't do the crazy shit I could do when I was 26. Now it's like, oh yeah, I'm unavailable for a car hit. I'm doing something else, sorry. And it's funny, because when I started, the women in their 40s would pass up the jobs that came to me, and now I'm doing it. So it's hilarious, you know, you wanna, I, I love that Dana's a writer. She actually inspired me because I started writing more and I started doing more of my own stuff when I was younger. Because I want, I love storytelling. I think I got into stunts because I knew I could storytell with action. And I learned how to, once you do the action, you know how to film it. And then once you know how to film, you know how to write it. But I really am really a storyteller. And it's just, I love doing the whole empowerment women version because I've studied a lot of women throughout time that were amazing. Nobody knows about them. It's time to tell those stories too. So... That's why I love Dana's work and what she did. So I support all women and empowered writers because it's good to just bring it back to balance, right? Yeah. Well, one thing I've noticed as well is there are a lot of women in HEMA, a historical European martial arts and, and store play at the moment. And I mean, like we've had Fran Laquata on the on the podcast re previously, and she yeah. was like very like very much a sword. And like I think well, if you, uh, Dana and you, Lena, are massive sword fighters. So is that seems to be like more a female leaning for in swordplay, or is it 50-50? Used to be, God, it used to be mainly male. And if you were a woman in it, then you got put in a lot of sort of cliche female-type roles in it. Um, when I started doing it, I said the hell with that and broke that mold for myself. Um, I, I wish that I'd come along later because now, oh my God, there's so many women in sword yeah. fighting and it's wonderful. Um, I'm teaching a, a couple of the people I work with really want to learn. So I came out of, you know, retirement and I've been teaching sword fighting again and it's, it's very cool. So yeah, if it wasn't for women what like do you think? Came before me, she helped break the mold and she helped break the gas ceiling for women like me to come in. And I think every woman's responsibility to come in and, have her impact but i'm glad dana is who she is and she did it for me because i think she helped open up because when i saw her surf i was like oh my gosh she's badass i want to be like her and help motivate me. wow and wow. yeah and that's how it is you know, motivate everyone else and it's funny because i'm in tahoe right now and i'm about to start a sword fighting class up here many women want a sword fight so i might start one up in tahoe just for oh. and get the bokens you know like the wooden swords and train one of those and put them yeah. to where, okay, my, my my American geography is pretty bad. Where's where's Tahoe? I know there's Lake Tahoe. Oh. I, know there's La I know there's Lake Tahoe. It's Lake yeah. Tahoe. I'm in Lake Tahoe. I'm, I'm northern Lake Tahoe. That's why I, I still go to LA to work, so I drive back and forth because I love it. But I'm in, I'm up, up here now with the the bears and the pine trees and the clean All right. air. And, All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, about okay. seven hours uh, east of LA, up north. Like it's northern California. It's very close to northern yeah, California because yeah. it borders right there. Yeah. I went to I went to Tahoe uh, many years ago when um, when I flew to San Francisco and then drove to Burning Man, and okay. and yeah, absolutely love the T Tahoe City, Lake Tahoe, and 
No, I'll especially walk around and go, I want to retire here. This is where I want to move to because it's just so beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing up here. I needed a break from the city life for a while. Plus, everything in LA got so expensive because everyone from New York and Chicago started moving in. The houses were going up for sale like crazy. And so the renters were getting pushed out. So luckily, I found a cute little place up here and it worked out. But I still drive to LA for work. Like last week, I was working and I drive back up and it's a scenic, it's a scenic drive with the lakes and the mountains. I mean, you can't miss oh, it. Yeah. I yeah. love because it's therapy. When you drive, you're talking to your friends, you're listening to music. It's like your own therapy. I meditate while I'm driving. It's great. But yeah, well, yeah. I'm doing yeah, we, we drove from um, LA to Vegas um, after, no, sorry, San Diego, because we're in San Diego for Comic Con. And then we went to Vegas afterwards and stuff. And it was just, it was just like, like the drive from, from there to like Vegas. It's just like these, like massive open plains of just like, you know, nothing. yeah, it's just so insane. Like, yeah. I don't get anything yeah. like that over here and stuff. And it's just sort of like, it's insane. You know, I thought, you know, it would be quite boring, but it was just so, the, the immenseness of it all was just so, it just. Yeah, you know, the world's not populated. The cities are overpopulated. That's it. When you go out to the middle of nowhere, it's like, oh, there's one house there and one house there. You could literally sprawl out and have enough room for everybody. It's just the cities are overpopulated. That's all. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Going back to Sobble, what I mean, uh, you mentioned Wushu. Now, I've gone back to Kung Fu now after a 20-year gap due to life getting in the way. And where before my teacher was male, uh, my Sifu is uh, now female, uh, Reb. And she's about, I think she's about my age, and she is just far more flexible, stronger, and just better than it, than I will ever be. And she's fantastic at it. I mean, I was working out. I was doing some exercise, stretching exercises and working out on the on the session on Tuesday. And actually gave myself a fever from overdoing it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, and I mean, like, how do you, how do you kind of keep in shape? And like, how do you push yourself without pushing yourself too far? And how do you know what the cutting off limit is? And how do you all balance it out? I think everyone's body's different. I gotta listen yeah. to my body because I've had a lot of neck trauma from doing crazy, you know, like jumping out of cars and, and stair falls. And then I fell on my neck three years ago, had a really bad falling on my neck on a on a movie in Hawaii. It was great because I always wanted to create a movie in Hawaii on my birthday and I got that. But then two days later, I almost died. So I was like, fuck you, dark side. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> wow. Yeah, bastards. I got shit to do. So anyway, um, I've been since then I've been learning to modify with my neck and I do a lot of you know it's just comes with the territory with stunts you never know even with swords I've had Dana Dana knows how many people have skewered you with weapons you're like okay thanks you almost got my boob or my liver I don't know you got yeah, I almost got my arm broke so yeah um and I think when it comes to oh an army of darkness um one of the the guys instead of he instead of parrying he cut and he slammed me in the arm and if it had been an aluminum sword i would have had a broken arm and been off the film um that yeah we, we, that's a whole nother story right there when we talk about the difference between men and women and how we were treated back in the day um so but i, I why well, yeah. what, um, let's talk what 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 was the difference oh well here's the thing if you were a woman and you got hurt i mean i when you're talking about how do you know when your body has done too much? Sometimes you know, but you keep pushing it. And for me, it was being surrounded by mostly men doing sword fighting and 
you know, the, the, the falls and all the kind of stuff that we used to do in class and then on, on Army of Darkness. And I was hurt and the producer made me go to the hospital. It hurt a lot. I mean, it, and I was told I was probably going to be off the film which made tears well up in my eyes. So when I came back, I found out that the guys, especially the guy that had hit me, who felt guilty about it, they started going on about, oh, women are hysterical, and she's just, she can't handle it, she shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, hey, screw you. If you've gotten your arm broken, you know, or thought your arm was broken, you know, maybe you'd be swearing and acting like a little baby man, but it's, you know, the, the whole thing about how women can't control their emotions, bullshit. We, we have to hold it in a lot of the times, especially back then because if you let it out then the same thing that a guy could do and it was considered just you know this is how guys are and they're men and they're expressing themselves with us it was like oh no no you know she's hysterical or she's overreacting and it's like I still get angry as you can probably tell the smoke coming out of my ears or I still get really angry when I think about that because I worked my ass off I was better than a lot of the guys that I worked with and I I can say that now because I can look back at it and go, yeah, I, I really, guess I just, it pisses me off. I'm going to just leave it at that. I'm Justifiably, to be fair. Because, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean like, like yeah. my Sifu is just like, like far more competent at um, Wushu than I will ever be. And, like, I have no kind of, you know, qualms admitting that. Because, like, she's far more dedicated towards it than I am. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's been definite change. I think, thank goodness, there's been a definite change in like the in the perception, especially amongst like in certain industries that you know what women are capable of, and that just as capable as men. To be fair, here's another really good example. This okay, Elena. Remember, eliminate. She was in the show Eliminate, and there was Elena and these three kind of giggly, typical women and. The, the dude that was picking his date was you know, your typical macho guy. Alina could, you know, they went horseback riding and she was the only one that wasn't afraid of horses and was just really competent about it and said, here, this is how you do it. And of course she got eliminated because she was competent and wasn't afraid to show it. And the other women were all about like, oh, you know, big horse and the guy has to do it and show it how to, you know, the guy must save us basically. And I, that, that's a, another really good example of the kind of shit we used to go through. Um, I was just trying to show the perception. So really, he couldn't move the horse. I said, "Well, kick the horse," because at the time I was taking lessons with Dan and Jan and and uh, a bunch of other guys, stunt guys. So I was I was more comfortable on horses. Like, kick the horse to go. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, kick it harder. And then <laughs> that's why I got eliminated. And the funny thing is, is, I was giving producers sword fighting lessons. They really didn't want me to go. They were mad. I got eliminated. They're like, we don't. We want her to stay. But he's like, nope. I want to be with a well, sissy, uh, really uh, eliminated, freaking. as in just sort of like out of the process to be this, you know. Show, yeah. I only got on it because the only reason I did it because I knew it was reality, you know, porn, whatever. And I said, I'll do it if I can. You show me clips of you sword fighting and show me do my thing. Like, oh yeah, I would love to do that. That's the only reason I did it. And I know it's gonna be eliminated at some point, but I knew after I showed him how to keep the horse, I was like, oh, I'm gone. All right. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, Dana does all that. I don't. That's funny. You know, the only one of the girls that did limited <laughs> until now. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. I've seen. Yeah, I've, Lena, I've seen your demo reel. Um, the body, the body rock demo reel on YouTube, and you fall down a lot of stairs. Yeah, you fall down a lot of stairs. I have fallen down stairs once and dislocated my arm doing it. <laughs> How do you fall down stairs without? 
damaging yourself. There's a part to it. You got to put the pads in the right places and you got to tuck and roll and you know it's coming. But yeah, it's right. funny, I'll still have slits. Like I'm sure Dana's had her. I still have slits of where, oh, the stairs missed there and a missed there. And, and some are padded, but some you go really fast. And I remember one time, speaking of Dana and emotions, so I did this commercial for the Swedish car company and it was a non, I don't know, it was non, I don't know what it was, but they didn't pay me as much as they should have. I did the stair fall nine times. And I had to break glass on the way down. Oh, they wanted me to break glass. I'm like, why did you put a monkey on my back, light me on fire, and make me play with clowns? It's like, I had to break glass on the way down. It's all my real. And I played a mom who was doing laundry, and she steps in a little boy's truck, and poof, there I go. After the eighth time, I start crying. And not because I couldn't do it, but because my emotional female body was like, what the fuck are you doing, you crazy bitch? Why are you falling down the stairs so much? <laughs> I'm the coordinator. I'm gonna go cry in a corner now for two minutes. I gotta do. Oh, plus I think I was PMSing. Whatever. That didn't help. So I went to go cry in a corner of the stage. I was like, oh my god. I kept like, oh, I can do it again. He's like, okay. He's like, don't worry. I have three daughters. I'm like, I know. So I did it one more time, and then we we're done. But it's like my body can only handle so much trauma, and then it was it. I actually did it three times, but because you know the director wanted to see us. Like they think we're indispensable. I'm like, I'm not immortal, okay? I have a body, I need to work tomorrow. You've got two more takes and that's it. The best coordinators know what to say. The ones don't have backbone, not so much. But I remember crying after the seventh or eighth time because my body was like, had enough. I had to like let go of that energy so it doesn't fester and become a disease. And then I went home and I got, a, I took a bath and I you know, like, oh, this is fun. And I forgot about it. But that's how I processed that whole yeah, trauma yeah. of stuff and uh but he let me do it he's like i understand i just got you know a little emotional because my body was just like starting to get all the trauma impacted but you know it's always everything's timed out your body knows what's going on your brain knows what's going on but you know what i learned three years ago when i almost fell on my neck and i almost had a bad accident is when your body goes through a trauma i had to go do the stunt oh i did that stunt 17 more times i did it eight times in the morning and eight times in the afternoon i did a fall on a cliff 19 times my friend had 19 videos of it because this director thought he was god's gift of fucking directing because he was the nephew of some famous actor i'm not going to mention so he's like oh he was training 35 year old camera veterans like they were nothing he was on a mic going you're filming it wrong <laughs> this is to 35 year old camera veterans i was like i was worried about this director and I now I know why I was warned. Um, I fell on my take on my second on, on my neck on the second take. I did it seven more times. We had it in the first four. I remember I saw the footage of this movie on Netflix. I'm like, I had it after the third take. But the thing is, when you get hurt, your body will override, I'm sorry, your brain will override your body. So no matter what you want to do, your brain's gonna be like, nope, nope, nope. My arms weren't going fast enough because my brain just, you know, I just fell on my neck. So my body's trying to protect itself. I, I haven't had that in a long time where I couldn't perform like I wanted to because my body was trying to protect myself and my brain was just shutting me down. So that's kind of what happens when you get hurt on set. You got to find a way to override, underwrite your brain. It was crazy, but I did it. Anyway, I learned a lot. Never do, they, um, do they sort of coat, like, do they coat stairs and things in any, like, like a rubber latex or anything to make it slightly softer for you or...? Yeah, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Oh, the best thing is when I doubled Mila Jovanich in Puerto Rico, and I had to do this fight on a cliff. And was, I knew the cliff was going to be rocky, so I was prepared in my head with, like, having rocky rocks and having thrown. Turns out the set dresser guy, I don't know who he was, but he needs to be given a big box of chocolates. They made the cliff out of rubber. 
they used a rubber cliff set on top of the cliff. So everything was rubber when I threw her down. And when she threw me down, I was like, oh my God, I love you. I can fight on rubber. <laughs> and he, he made the whole thing rubber. I'm like, I know this is possible. He's like, yeah, we did it for you girls. I'm like, thank you. Everything was done so precisely and so well done. We did it in one take and it was done. I was like, okay. It was one take wonder. They had four cameras and they shot it. And then they put Mila in and the whoever. But they made a whole cliff out of rubber. On you, in, in Puerto Rico, you, I was like, "Wow, why do you get do that paid again? by the by the stunt, or do you get paid by the day?" So, like, is it better for you to to do things over and over again because you get paid for being there longer, or is it basically a day rate? It's just like you know, I've done it, it depends, done. It depends on the job, but you do have your daily rate, and then you have your adjustment on top. And the adjustment is by the coordinator who decides what to give you. Some are really cheap, and some are amazing that will give you like a lot of money. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll take it," but it depends. <laughs> More, the more times you do it, it depends on how many times you do it and how intense it is, really. I mean, how crazy it is for your body. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a crazy ride. I never thought I would get into stunts because I thought actors did all their own stunts. Little did I know. <laughs> have you ever, even, have either of you ever said no to a stunt? Mm, yeah, a couple times. I mean... Yeah, it's funny because I can't do low-budget things anymore. The low-budget are the ones you get hurt on the most, actually, because the director's not experienced. They don't know how to carefully set up a shot. They mess up the shots all the time. They allow bugs and birds to fly in, and you are you just did something really amazing. They're like, we're going to do it again. I'm like, well, get your shit together because I can't do this five more times. So I, I turned down a lot of lower-budget stuff now just because I've, I've paid my dues in that area. Trust me, I've paid my job. <laughs> and I stick with more of the well-organized sets like TV, network TV, or movies that have a budget because they know what they're doing, honestly. It's just, that's how it is. Anyway. How about you, Dana? Did you have a... I'm a specialty player my sword club. I did stunts in one movie, but something I want to make really clear. Alina is the real thing. I have... I don't fall down the stairs unless I trip. You know, my love was, was, was sword fighting. I love martial arts too and, and fights, but I never, you know, was set on fire. I never did any kind of high fall. Um, the most, you know, I, I rappelled down a 30 foot drop and that's about it. But no, I've never had, I've never had anything presented to me that I felt I couldn't do because I never went into that. I think if someone had said, do you want to be set on fire? It would be no. Speaking <laughs> of Alina, have you? Fire gag? Have you done that? Uh, you say a fire gag? Yeah, I did one time. I did a full fire gag. It was for this independent film. It was a, again independent film, not knowing what they're doing, low budget. And it was set on fire. They're only gonna pay me three hundred fifty dollars a day to be set on fire. But I was supposed to be a vampire on fire at, at in the middle of the night. They waited until sunrise to light me on fire. So I'm sitting there. In these like three gel outfits, shivering. I'm like, oh, I'm so cold because they put three gel outfits on for the fire stuff. They light me on fire. I'm like, oh, this feels nice. I'm lit on fire. Okay, I'm doing my thing. All of a sudden, nine seconds, the fire comes up to my face. Oh, I gotta go down now. It's on my fucking face. So I fell down. I did my, and I did. I did a great job. They loved it, but they couldn't catch on camera because it was sunrise. So anyway, she's amateurs. <laughs> yeah, amateurs. And it was a vampire, and I'm from Transylvania, so it was like, oh, finally get to play a vampire. Woo! And me nobody, nobody knows. So I, I think I Googled mm -hmm. myself a couple times, and I found a girl on fire with my name. I was like, hoping that's me, but I don't want to use it and then put on social media and be like, hey, that's me, and be like, oh, she's taking my work. So I don't know if it was me. I never got the footage, but yeah, I was on fire. 
or shits and giggles to see how it feels. It feels really good when you're cold, but then you're like, oh shit, I'm on fire. I forgot. I'm just gonna go down on the ground. I did it one time. I haven't done. A, I think I did a partial burn once. I forgot. But the people that do fire really know they have their shit together. They're ready. You know, they're on it. So, so Dana, Dana, they didn't set you in fire in Army of Darkness then. No, no, I was just a happy little sword fighting dead. I fell down. I almost got killed by the uh, army when the armies of uh, Richard when they were crossing the battlefield to hug each other. We were lying dead there. That was actually the most dangerous stunt I've ever done. Is lying there and almost getting trampled by a bunch of extras in armor. That that yeah, that's yeah. scary because you don't know what they're gonna do. They're not trained. You're like, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. I agree. Not not I, it, was, it was like being in the middle of a buffalo herd you know and just sort of really hoping that the gods smiled down on you when you and you lived to fight again so yeah i mean um given all your like 20 plus years of experience being a stunt performer how do you feel now about actors doing their own stunts do you feel like no fine great it's an actor getting stuck in or do you want no i want a professional um, no, I'm an actor too. I started out as an actor. So I'm, you know, a lot of times I get paid to be an actor with her own stunts or a stunt actor because they get to, you know, do, I had to do both, save the money. Yeah. I, you know, actors have different backgrounds. And when I started in the business, I got a lot of shit because I had an acting background, like a lot of shit from stunt people. And I was like, well, when you're doubling someone, aren't you mimicking them? Aren't you acting like the actor? Aren't you walking like them and talking like them before you do your crazy stuff? So you are actually acting like your actor or your actress. It's called acting, you have to mimic them. Hello, wakey, wakey. So anyway, I got a lot of shit because I had an acting background, but then I proved them all wrong because <laughs> the stunt acting thing started to go crazy. And that's when they brought in stunt people that can act or actors that can do their own stunts, I guess, to save money and hire us. So the stunt acting craze went crazy. And that's when I started booking more jobs because I had a good acting background. I knew what I was doing. And I kept it small. So I came in and nine times out of ten I booked all the stunt acting auditions. And I make the coordinators look good because I could come in, take the hit, and do the acting and not complain. You know, like some of the actresses would complain. And some are really great. There are some amazing actors that have a really good background in athletics. It just depends, you know, how much they've learned or how much they've studied or trained. There's some amazing actors that have huge martial arts background. I worked with them recently on a couple of movies. They're amazing. They're like a specialty in that martial art, and the movie's about them and their martial arts journey as an actor or or the character. So it depends. But you know, sword fighting started it all. I kept up my sword fighting training because they were gonna do some big sword fighting movies were gonna come out. In fact, Dana, they were gonna have a movie called, sorry, a TV series called Booty. It was gonna be a female Pirates of the Caribbean spinoff. I was on it, but I was working oh. on it. Um, it was gonna be, it was uh Greg Barnett coordinated it. Uh it was a we did a we did a, a pilot or a teaser or something, and I was going to be the reoccurring pirate on it, and then I was going to be the double for the girl, and I was going to be working all the time. But this was way before, like, it was way ahead of its time. Now it would go. This was back in, like, I think... They were, they're thinking about a new Pirates of the Caribbean with a female lead at the minute, aren't they? Um, yep. Who was it? Who's going to be... Uh, uh, oh, uh, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yes. It's going to be an Anne Bonnie Mary Reed type of thing, and that was greenlit before COVID, but I don't know if they what they did to it since then but they should it'll be all female pirates they'll be right up my alley that'll be great hell, hell, yeah guess my vote yeah right <laughs> there's a lot of badass female pirates throughout time there's grace o'malley there's Anne barney mary reed there's a famous uh asian ski sea captain that led a bunch of ships yeah, yeah i mean yeah. 
I know about her. We're all stories, you know. Um, do you, so obviously there was a, for both of you, because you, you can tell from your sort of, the, uh, the, the passion that comes from you that the male, uh, the, how do I put this? There was a Lovely. lot of sexism in in the past when it came to women uh stunt fight uh stunt coordinators uh and stunt actors um is that something that is progressing now or is are, are you still finding that is a problem no a lot of female stunt coordinators are coming up uh many actually um zoe bell just coordinated something i think for quentin uh recently um a lot of, of women that girls that i started with are now coordinating i may think about coordinating i don't know what, what i'm gonna do with with my career next choice but it's a it's opened up the floodgate to women coordinators it's more balanced than it was back in the day for real yeah it's just you know the old generations of stuntmen were cowboys and they grew up differently and then they started retiring and then the new guys came up and then now it's more inclusive and there's a lot more female coordinators. And I was supposed to coordinate a film in March, but it got pushed back or I didn't, I didn't know what happened. I was, my name was actually put in by a fellow male stunt coordinator, a uh, stunt friend, and I'm glad he did. Um, but nothing ever happened to that. So it's more, it's, it's more balanced out now for sure than it was back in the eighties or even when Dana was, you know, doing her thing, but there's a lot more female, stuff now i mean there's like and, and different ethnicities and different races which is great because there's stories throughout every culture that was amazing that women have done it's just i'm all about balance you know i'm i want it to be balanced with everything because there's amazing stories with a male and female together throughout time that partnerships that could be told as well it's just it's coming out of the woodwork now i think finally because more female producers writers and creators and directors are getting a chance to do their thing so that's what i think um, after, um, when it comes to stunt work, do you have to kind of allow for recovery time after each um, stunt has been accomplished? Or is this business going to the next stunt, just keep going and keep going and keep going? You know, it depends. Um, there's some days I, 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 I can check to see on set what's going to happen. Like, oh, i got to call my chiropractor because I know I'm going to book something because I have to book something after this. It just depends on what I'm doing. Luckily, like, I do a lot more fun acting work. When I'm doubling, sometimes I got to do some crazy shot, and I'm already scheduling my massage therapy and my chiropractor knowing when I need them. But it depends. Uh, I've learned how to pick better jobs because some things I just don't want to do anymore because my body can only hurt, sit, hit a certain amount of trauma before it starts to act funny. And you gotta be smart. You know, women's bodies are smaller than men. We have smaller bones. We can't do the longevity like men can. So you have to go into other areas of the business or other, you know, careers, I guess. But yeah, I've learned how to call the chiropractor, have them on speed dial, or know which one I'm gonna go to, or you know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, one thing I've noticed as well is like, it's I'm like uh, Elena is basically straight out of the Elise Regan novel. No, like I, I was reading like um, Hollywood Monsters, your latest um, Lee Streaker novel, and yeah, I mean, I, it's literally it's like it's like I'm talking to Lee Streaker here. Like, <laughs> oh, cool! See, yeah, 
God bless Dana for putting me in a book. I was like, I'm in a book, guys. When I started writing the, the Lee Striga novels, one of the first people I contacted was Alina. And we spent, I think, two hours on the phone. And I was asking her a lot of the same questions you were because I'd been out of the business for so long. And I never really, like I said, in the stunt business. And so, yeah, the, a lot of what has you know gone into those books has come from interviews with her with um uh jason i can't remember his last name um but yeah there, there's a lot of influence from alina um in those books so yeah like they, I, like they're just from the human the, the gig element and the hustling and the like uh, the Great sex her, and, the hustling yeah it's just absolutely her. true yeah yeah I, I, there's a there's a scene I think it's the second book Lena and I went back to your notes and I swear to God there might even be just a direct you know Alina quote in that I have to go back and look again because <laughs> yeah it's like, you know. all right <laughs> I love it write what you know right the best writers write what you know right <laughs> yeah. there you go I love that or write what your friends know. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what, what's up next? You know, what, what, what have we got coming up next, uh, books-wise? Oh, gosh. Um, we are working uh, probably a dark sword and sorcery, a very dark um, cosmic horror sword and sorcery novel that Dave and I are going to co-write. Um, we're waiting for Hollywood Monsters to come out. There's a lot of promo going on for that. Um and yeah, we'll we'll see after that. I, I kind of took a, a break because I had to promote Hollywood Monsters for one thing and marketing. It takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. And then, you know, I also have this day job and um, I was just very burnt out and I needed a break. So definitely the Dark Sword and Sorcery after that, we'll see. I'm, I'm just kind of waiting to see what I want to do again and what happens with Hollywood Monsters because I've got... I could write at least three more books in that series easy. I've got character arcs um, Please do. for Africa for that one. It's a lot of stuff. So. We'll see. I'm more stories about Alina. I mean, Lee. Because <laughs> right here, you cast me. <laughs> <laughs> Make a business. Right. It picks right. up and be a TV series or a movie or something. It's really cool. Because now they're always coming. Oh, I've been did I give you a copy of the books? Do you have copies of them? I don't. I want to read it. I never got a copy. So now I give you an okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll send you my address. You can. I can start reading it. It'd be great. Like, sweet. Now I can read with all the squirrels in this tree, so I'm good. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm jealous at all. That. <laughs> That's me. So you, Alina, you said you were writing as well. Um, are you in the? Are, have you had anything published, or are you, are you just sort of kind of dabbling in it? What's the? No, I did. I created my own how-to sword fighting series. Dana knows about this years ago. That's actually did really good. We got sales on that, and then I created um, a short film called The Flower of Battle. It was just something I put together about the Protestant Catholic uprising. But then I created my own franchise, my Omega One franchise. I started that from scratch with my writing partner and it was a female born ultimatum, Dark Angel. And I, I co-wrote that, I created it, the character. I did the Comic-Con circuit for a year and a half dressed as Omega One. And we got in front of Sony and Fox and we almost got a green light when I was 30. But it didn't go because at the time they had Sarah Connor 
and they had painkiller Jane and they had already oh, female driven tough awesome but then you know the strike happened and then that went out the window and then since then i created a thing called what about walda a comedy series about waldo's long lost sister and how she hates not getting attention and <laughs> working me, that, that was my uh, my la connection improv graduate character i had to come up with a character that was walda and i created that a year long time ago and then i turned into a tv pilot and then i wrote a thing called the five aces of female badass western and that did get shopped around on Netflix, but then someone said, oh, we need it for movie of the week, and I gotta write another 30 pages. So I'm still writing on the side, and I wanna, I had, oh, I had my own web series called Mad Maxine, where I hate my office job, and I beat people up in my office, which was a desk job. That actually turned out pretty good. People liked it. I should do a second series with like a love triangle or something. But I've been producing for a long time my own stuff uh, based off my characters and my crazy wackiness, and whatever so we'll see what happens at one point i had a bunch of reality tv show producers in a room and they got me in for an hour they wanted to make a reality show about me but they never got it going and i was like well you're lost so anyway i just want to write and create a projects that inspire people and i want to add a spiritual element to it because i've been doing a lot of amazing advanced meditation work for the last eight years so i want to put little easter eggs about karma and about the dark side because you know that's why we still love star wars because the dark side the light and the dark right it's using the force it's using your intuition i want to sprinkle all that stuff that i've learned in my projects as fiction because then it's easily digestible instead of a documentary and freak people out but I love writing work that inspires and empowers people and gets them to be the better version of themselves. And they realize who they really are. Because a lot of people are so programmed by society and the bullshit, they forget who they are and they're constantly drained. They give out their, fagic, their magic fairy dust to people. And I want to help people to learn how to um, bring back their energy and empower themselves through my fiction and my work. And that's what I want to do. But I get to figure that out right now because I'm in my 40s and I'm like, well, I can't go down the stairs anymore or do a car hit because I want to live and not be in a wheelchair. So I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, shift in my next career, but I'll figure it out. It'll happen. I just love writing and creating and empowering women throughout time and stuff, but also, you know, empowering this, both sexes together. Cause I'm tired of all the division they're trying to make right now. Like I smell the bullshit. I'm like, no, you're not going to divide people and you're not going to divide the sexes. We need to work together. And to realize that we have divine masculine and divine feminine in each of our bodies. And the more we have the divine compatibility of the balance, we are amazing people. And that's what people forget. And that's what I want to put in my work and all the stuff I've done. How do you, what do you mean you can tell that you're trying to divide things? So where's that from? Well, it's just, you know, there's a lot of shenanigans with a big, I don't like the big media and big tech. I think they're evil and I don't like a lot of programming. And I think, um, I've because I was raised in a certain way they want to instead of empowering people to come together of different races and cultures they want people fighting and I want my work to bring people together to realize hey underneath we're all the same you may have different skin color and different background but underneath we're made of the same divine amazing energy and people forget that because there's so much division that they're trying to create and I want to empower people to work together that's why I want to create and write and do all my own stuff is that's my vision of how I want to help people in that way and and I'm trying to keep it current with the times, but there's always been a spiritual battle on this planet between dark and light. And every day people have spiritual battles of waking up. Am I going to be an asshole today? I'm going to be a nice person. I don't know. We'll find out. So, <laughs> I help people. Yeah. You know, and 
realize who they are and how they make an impact. And I want to help give people the tools and some sprinkle some Easter eggs and, and power. And that's why I did Omega One was about this woman trying to define, trying to find out who she is and how she was in a government program to be a clone and to be a fighter. And then she realizes she has to get her power back. Kind of like, you know, when Frodo got his power back and 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 in the labyrinth, one of my favorite movies, when she realizes you have no power over me. The Goblin King never had a power over her. She just gave her power away. I want to get people to realize he called her power back. Sarah, friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All these movies I grew up with are now inspiring me to write more movies like that and to inspire this generation. So, uh, would you not retry and uh, repush Omega One? Would you not try and sort of sell it again now? Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how, you know, I can do that. It's a well-made project. We had a pilot. We have a synopsis for a movie. We had, we did a motion comic and we did uh, a full-blown comic series from the, you know, the motion comic from the series. So it's a full, it's a, we have a whole show Bible. It's ready to go. I got to figure out how maybe pitch it to other people or whatever. I mean, something I'm trying to revisit now with my former partner, um, I just have a whole body. I have 20 years of work. Like, I'm ready to go. You want a comedy? Here it is. You want a Western? Boom. You want a franchise, a comic book? Here it go. It's like, it's just trying to find the right people right now. Maybe they're more open to my work and what I've done. It's just, you know, and, and people like Dana inspired me. It really did. If it wasn't for people like Dana, I don't think I'd be here today writing my own stuff. So thank you, Dana, for being who you are and, you know, realizing the talent you have and the power and the message she had. Really inspired me. That's why I'm here with her. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother. Like, no, I'm busy. Tina, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm my vaccine. Love you too. <laughs> yeah, I found Bad Vaccine on uh, on YouTube, and yeah, I could relate to. It. I worked in one of the, one of those office jobs, and yeah, it's one of the reasons why I now freelance full time as a writer. And yeah, you absolutely nailed the mind numbing boredom and just petty politics and absolutely main, mundane gray beat people up didn't you with a stapler i know you did in a, in a phone book i will like, never admit to that <laughs> online you, have you ever seen uh what was it terry tate office linebacker no. Right. So it's basically, I think he's an American, I think he might be an American football player, but basically it's called Terry, just type it, go to YouTube, type in Terry Tate, office linebacker. And he's basically a linebacker who works in an office. And then people basically have this thing where it's like, uh, I can't remember what it is. Um, like somebody will fart in the office and stuff and then Terry Tate will literally tackle them. He'll come running in and then do the spear tackle and knock him in and they just go, nobody cuts the cheese in the office, Jim! Woo! And then just oh, walks man. off. And it's brilliant because he does these massive hits like they do in American football and he just clatters these people into the water cooler and stuff. It's hilarious. It's so good. He starts going, here comes the paying train because this guy forgot to put the forgot to put his uh his rubbish in the recycling bin he just put it in the normal bin and he's going woo 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 and this guy's panicking away to trying to get it out of the bin to put it in the recycling bin it's hilarious absolutely hilarious. okay and give me ideas for second season those thank you for yeah, that yeah. <laughs> check it out it's called terry tate office line it's been out for years but terry tate right. office linebacker it's so good so i'm good. gonna check it out. cool yeah. thank you give me ideas I'm learning now <laughs> yeah. Uh, what prep do you need to do at the before every stunt? 
Um, it back in the day we'd have it's just rehearsals. Um, we do rehearsals and fight rehearsals, or you know, depends like if it's TV or film. They have you sometimes doing three. When I did Furious Seven, they had us learn capoeira for two weeks, which was wow. great because oh, oh nice. we're training. I'll take it. I wasn't the most proficient, but I learned some cool tricks because I combined it with my Muay Thai and whatever. But it turns out that one week turned to three because the two male actors had some had some stuff going on. They didn't want to fight with each other. So it was like, I was like, oh good, you guys be divas and give me more time. So because they were divas, I got to be on the movie longer because they kept pushing shit back. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> yeah, my was so cool. She was really nice. Uh, uh, Michelle Rodriguez was really fun. We had a cool time with her. And then the other guys were just like, la-di-da, being all weird divas. It's like, sounds good to me, guys. Keep doing it because I'm on the clock and you're paying me. Sounds good to me. <laughs> So, yeah, it depends with every movie. Um, it's always fun. I, I mean, I don't care if actors are divas or not. I love, it's every job. There's no perfect job, but if you're doing a job you love, you put up with whatever. Because it's a lot of egos on set. It's a lot of energies. It's personalities. But, you know, that teaches you how to learn how to be around a lot of people. And it's great because you feel like a family every time you're on a movie, regardless of who does what. And then you're sad when you leave and you start another family again. Temporary, whether it's one day family, a week, or month, whatever. But I love being around people. You don't feel so lonely sometimes, you know. But at the same time, it's like you got to go home and process all that with all the energy. And, you know, everyone, 120 people looking at it going, you better get this right before lunch because they're all hungry. And I'm like, okay, I can't fuck up right now. I'm <laughs> looking at it weird. Like, all right. Anyway, so it's fun. It's never, it always changes with everything. But I love, I love swords. I love sword, sword work because it's my base. And it's, I love that whole aspect because when i picked up a sword i was like oh i've had lifetimes with these puppies in my hands i just knew it i knew it i tapped into those past lifetimes i was like yep been that doing that okay and so what are your favorite swords oh rapier and dagger are my favorite i love double-handed weapons i think dana likes too um so rapier and dagger i even love two rapiers um i'd like katana but i like broadsword Broadsword's fun. Small sword is cool, but it's very like elegant. But it's not as fun as like Raven Dagger because you can block and do all this crazy shit. And that's my fun. And then shield and sue. Sword and shield is fun, but then sometimes you get hit so so hard, you're like, oh my god, hold on, let me come back. It's it's. I like just double handed weapons, no matter what, because I like working both sides of the brain. It challenges both. Because when I learned in Ring of Steel, what I love Ring of Steel is they taught me on my right. They're like, okay, change to your left. So I had to learn on my left too. What is so Ring of Steel? What is Ring of Steel? Ring of Steel was a stage combat troop in Michigan. I learned, and they taught me the basis, which is great because they put me on a boken for six months, and then I went to steel. I couldn't even touch aluminum or steel before I was off the boken. So they taught me old school ways of how to work with weapons. And it was great because it got a great foundation for learning and um, great teacher at the time. And yeah, but I would, learned a lot. Uh, would you ever sort of, cause like we, we've had like Fran Laquata, who's, uh, she is a HEMA, HEMA instructor, if I'm right. Is it Pete? Yeah. HEMA, HEMA instructor. Um, and obviously they do it competitively. Uh, there's a guy who works in IT in my company uh, who is a gold medal, HEMA, gold medal winning HEMA uh, sword fighter um would you ever do it competitively or is it just something you like uh just learning oh, i don't think you do competitively just because i'm uh i learned how to do sword fighting for real and then we did it for stage and then we did it for you know for movies but um uh, i've gotten just so many different instructors throughout throughout the 20 years of learning 
I don't need to do it competitively just because I'm so in the movie business or film business with my training and, and my energy and whatever. But I'll tell you what, if me and Gina fell through a portal, her and I'd be badass together. Good luck. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see that, Phil. Because I would snap into that past life like, okay, you want to fight? Let's. Because now I can go through all the way. I don't have to stop at your face. I can go, boom, done. <laughs> I'm loving the fact, right, because we get some guests on sometimes and, you know, they very much are yes, no, there's no elaboration. Uh, it, it, it's quite hard sort of to get. How boring is that? Exactly. There's definitely no, uh, no <laughs> that's not happening here. Uh, <laughs> the best sort of guests are the ones who literally, you just sort of, you just sort of kind of wind up slightly and then they just go, they, they just kind of do their own thing. <laughs> That's, yeah, I'd be the same thing if I had a show. I'm like, be yourself. What are you doing? Is a zombie form of you? What's going on? <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, What's the most dangerous stunt you've done? Um, I fell out of a truck sideways like an idiot. So, oh, the story. Prison break. I did a prison break thing. Oh, yeah. No one ever told me I'd jump out of a semi-truck. I didn't know. You show up on set a lot of times and they just tell you to do it. And you're like, okay. And uh, so I went out of a semi truck. I want to do one time because I want to do, I'm trying to be a one take wonder. That was my whole motivation for stunts. So I was supposed to jump out of a semi truck like this. You jump out with your feet and you do a roll, right? No, not me. I Superman out like a retard. So I'm like Superman out like this. Luckily, they maybe put a little bit of a mat under the ground, but it didn't work. I don't know if I hit it. So I Superman out like a crazy person and I had a roll. And I rolled and I had to run up a hill. Now, I did this with my wind knocked out because I know it was knocked out, but I held my breath for some weird reason. So I, went, I flew up the semi-truck sideways with me and my friend. He went out normal. I went out like this. I ran up a hill. They said, cut. They're like, Alina, what'd you do? And I'm like, what? Everyone started running towards me. I'm like, why are they running towards me? I'm on my feet, you weirdos. So they all ran towards me. And the stump coordinator, I'll never forget, he says, that was too gnarly. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, you can't do that. You got to jump on your feet. That's what they wanted. I was like okay, fine, I'll do jumping on my feet. So I did that second and third. The third time they finally slowed down from 18 miles an hour to I think 12 or 13, I felt a lot better, like I was falling on a cloud of puffiness. What do they use? What do they use for prison break when they aired it? Take a wild guess. First they, take. The first take, where I go out like a Superman, ass over tea kettle, and to the point where the actress contacted me the next time I was working, she's like, oh my God, I had to go do ADR for that, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But luckily, I was young enough, so my neck took the. I fell on my arm, so I did a, a little arm thing, and I fell out sideways. But wow, that was something I. And I ever they offered it to some other woman, and she passed it up. And now they're offering me those, and I'm like, oh, I'm not available. I have to go feed the fishes in Tahoe. I'm sorry. <laughs> All somebody else. I'm like, nope. If I did that, I would have gone and done on my feet because it was a lot more easier on my body. But yeah, that was that was not the smartest young thing i could do but you know a lot of stunts is you show up and it's trial and error you're like okay never do that again the hard way or the easy way now i learned the, the easy way even the swords in the beginning i got poked and i got hit and i hit somebody and i was like i'm so sorry are you okay did i drop blood and you know you learn really quickly how to really have your your numbers and your systems and your blocks and you you know really quick how to pull a sword because someone's not ready you gotta pull it like you can't hit there and smack them you gotta do this whole move where you pull it and, and it goes right away from them if you know how to pull a weapon you're gonna end up getting thrown off set so that's something dan and jan i learned in 
whatever. Um, well, what's his name? Uh, John Rhys Davies, who played Gimli in Lord of the Rings, apparently didn't pull his blows when he was uh, hitting people with his axe. Apparently, uh, I remember some of the uh, the, the commentary uh, about it, and they were basically saying, you know, if you know the, the, the stunt quarters were saying, you know, you know, you know, do this, but if you know you do hit us, don't worry, it's not a massive issue and stuff. Just try and do this. But apparently, he was just clobbering these guys yep. with yeah. his axe. Those are, not the, those are kind of days you're like oh god here's an actor with a sword god help us all let's yeah. let's make Jesus knows how to it's okay <laughs> that's why dana like me and Medina, i come in because we can act and we know how to sword fight safely which is important with the weapons flying around sharp pointy shit because actors sometimes get lost and you're like you gotta be ready for it you gotta think of like five things that can go wrong with them and you gotta be ready for every scenario so you gotta have your guard up literally to keep your eyeballs in place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. We, we figure out how to work with those people and we make it work. So. Yeah, one of the films I saw, I saw you, you were in was uh, The Suicide Squad. Right. We, played, we, we played one of the Marines. Yeah, I played one of the Marines when a, a baby starfish come out and attack us and I'm in that scene and it, it comes to my face and we fall back and then we do some other stuff. Yeah, it was three weeks in Atlanta. That was a lot of fun. Um, good group of people and I learned what a mac and cheese donut thing is they had a mac and cheese donut truck i ran for that thing like it was my life depended on it and it was like mac it was like a donut mac and cheese and a donut only in atlanta can you have that it was pretty awesome but wow yeah wait, wait, wait sweet donut with mac and cheese yeah donut mac and cheese and donut oh that's weird right that's i weird. had to try it though for shits and giggles, I was like, okay, that was good. I cannot combine that. It was, I just wanted the donut part. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was fun working on that for three weeks. One thing yeah. I always sort of kind of blew my mind, right? And it's something because this is completely, it's kind of, we're talking about mac and cheese, so I'm, I'm going to talk about mac and cheese. But I grew up when my mother made mac and cheese, she always had bacon on it. It was mac and cheese and there was bacon in it. So when people started yeah. giving me mac and cheese and there was no bacon, I was just like, what the hell is this? What is this rubbish? Why is there no, why is there no bacon in this in this mac and cheese? And then I was saying, like, Americans, they always just got mac and cheese. I was like, where's the bacon? Where's the bacon? Yeah. Now I'm going to ask where's the bacon because that's a good idea. Yeah, but seriously, right? If you've not tried mac and cheese without bacon, then try it with bacon and then try to go back to it just with you know mac and cheese and you'll go nah it, it's it's amazing with bacon and that's what i grew up with so my mom would make it she would put breadcrumbs on top of it but she'd have bacon in it and she'd stick mm. it in the oven and it's glory it was glorious and like i just can't have like and my friend came around and she was like i'll make you mac and cheese and she made it i was like we're where, where's the bacon? <laughs> She's like, what? And I'm just like, the bacon? My mom makes the bacon. <laughs> so you got to try it. If you, haven't had, if you haven't had bacon with your mac and cheese and you've never lived, you've never okay. lived. Copy that. <laughs> thing I do. And breadcrumbs. Yeah, and bread. Seriously, right? So get mac and cheese uh, with bacon in it, then uh, cover the top with breadcrumbs and stick it in the oven, or even if you've cooked, put it in the grill so it just sort of kind of puts a crispy layer on top. Stick that up. You've got mac and cheese with some breadcrumbs on top. It's awesome. Nice. So nice. Okay, something really weird. Okay, up here in Humble and Eureka, there's some really good food, but we can't really get here. One of the things we actually can get here right across the street from my museum in this little cafe is the mac and cheese that you were describing. Really? Oh, wow. Delicious. Breadcrumbs, bacon, 
So I can get that up here. I can't get, you know, like, like good Ethiopian food, but I can get that's amazing. That's amazing. Because I, I thought I was the only person who had bacon with my mac and cheese because it seems like everybody else in the world doesn't do it. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> What's going on? You're missing out. Absolutely missing out. This is another thing, okay. right? Um, uh, this is something that blew my mind. My my fragile little mind was completely blown. So there's a guy on TikTok who, who I follow and he's called... <laughs> It's called it's it's roll for uh roll for sandwich. So he does like a D and D thing, but he's rolling for uh, basically rolls dice to see what sort of sandwich he's gonna make. And he has this really random stuff where he like he rolls for what bread he type he has, what what sort of uh, meat he has on it, what sort of sauce he can have on it. And sometimes he has like fluff on it and things like that. Some really random things I like chocolate sauce when you know it's like got bacon or something on it. And he does all this. And it's very good, but he has this thing where. He um he has one where it says butter the butter the bread and roll again and he says oh and he kept on mentioning in the UK and then I thought wait the Americans not butter their bread when they do sandwiches and stuff and apparently you can tell me if I'm wrong do you not do you butter your bread when you make sandwiches butter toast, butter toast and sometimes we uh, well if it's a sandwich they put mayonnaise. See, this, is it. this blows my mind as well because yeah. like you, 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 when we make sandwiches here. You butter your bread like you get sort of like you can't have bread without butter on it it's like it's like sacrilege you know for just to just to stick some meat on a piece of bread without butter on it it's just like what the hell are you doing it's just like and that blew my mind because it's like wait a minute the americans not put butter on their bread <laughs> i'm just like what's going on oh, they do i butter i love um i can only eat certain bread as i get older i like sourdough bread for some reason and some ciabatta oh, but i like just oh, putting yeah. butter on toasted bread with honey That's yeah all. Oh yeah, yeah. Irish butter, yeah. The thing is, this is big thing. So, like, there's, there's like, it's weird. It's really strange. But back home in Northern Ireland, we have butter called golden cow, and it, it's really hard to describe. But it's a, there's more salt in it, or I, I guess there's more salt in it and stuff. When you, I came to England and I started having butter here. I was like, what the hell is this? Uh, it just didn't taste like butter. And I was like, when I go home and I put butter on my bread and I have a sandwich or I have some toast, and I've got it, it's like, oh, so nice. When over here, like the closest you can get is maybe like Kerrygold or, you know, I think sort of like uh, Lure Pack with the Kerrygold, salt. Kerrygold, Irish butter. And that's what we, we have. I, that's my butter, Kerrygold. Yeah. 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 So it's slightly more salty. Yeah. And it... Big fan. Yeah, Matt, I got something it sounds like most of your most traumatic experiences in your life have been food related yeah, it is it's food it's always food <laughs> where I, you know you, you get and this is another thing it's like in, in northern ireland food is a big thing but it's about quantity not quality so it, it's just like it's just sort of like piled on and things and you go to places and you just get these small portions and you're just like what the hell is that I just, I just want a mound of potatoes with gravy on it and a bunch of sausages in it or something, you know, and I just sort of want, I just want loads. Uh, I don't care about presentation. I just want enough to fill me up. And uh, yeah, it's just, that's why I like America. Because when you go to America, you get big portions and stuff like that. You don't get little piddly little things. And it's just, you know, it's just mad. I it, I think yeah. it's just sort of like preconceptions about things. It's like, you, you think this is how you've grown up and this is how things should be. And then you go to different countries and things and like people are just like, what the hell are you talking about? What is that? And you're just like, what? You don't do that. And then just like your mind just gets completely blown. And it's generally with food. 
That's true. I grew up Romanian food. Trust me, I know. It's hard to tell people Romanian food. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like my um, my ex was Polish, and she um, she well, she made me pierogi, which is quite nice. But she made this thing called what's it called? Um, Miseria? Is it Miseria? Miz? It's it, it's basically like cream. It's like it, it's like cucumbers uh, and pepper and cream together. Mm. And I was like what the hell is that and <laughs> that i just nice, actually and i was just like what are you doing and she's just like but this is this and i'm like but but that's that's cream you put that on desserts and that's <laughs> cucumber i and you're sticking that together <laughs> it's like what the hell's going on it was just like again mind completely blown i was just like what the hell <laughs> you should just your own food show, you know, where it's like Matt is continually appalled by the things that are before him <laughs> and doesn't understand Northern you know, Ireland. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Out there, a lot of foodies out there. Well, it's yeah. the thing is, like, I is, I was so picky when I was younger, like, super picky. Um, like, I wouldn't eat tomatoes in anything until like uh, I, th- I think I was drunk in Vegas once, and I I, I just had a sandwich that had a tomato. When I went, I went, oh, you know what? That's not too bad. And I just sort of realized that I I I, I could have a tomato and stuff. But it's like back in Northern Ireland, I think everybody's very sort of particular about about food, and it's very bland, uh, and they like bland stuff. And then you, you come into the open wide world of, you know, other countries and like there's new things and you're like, oh, strange, strange new things. I'm not interested. I don't know about that. And then you realize that they're actually pretty damn good. So I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good now with food and I try new things. Um, like I try the Romanian uh, stuffed peppers. So it's basically, I made it for the, I made it for the first time the other day. So I got the recipe cause I like, I like cooking and it's basically, so you get peppers and you get, uh, pork and rice. Uh, yeah. what's it, what's it called? You'll know what it's called. What's it called? Ah, mm. uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but okay. yeah, it's, well, that's not, that's, let me tell you something else. That's, that's steak balls. It's yeah. called steak yeah. rice. Yeah. But yeah. the stuffed pepper is something else. I forgot. Yeah, so it's basically you get like uh, pork and you rice and onions and salt and pepper and dill and parsley. You stuff the pepper and then you put it in this sort of uh, tomato and cream sauce. So I did it with cream cheese, which was rocking pretty good. Yeah, so I was just like, yeah, that was pretty, I'm pretty impressive. <laughs> I like trying new things. Like I love, like I've gone from being the most pickiest eater there ever was to like just I love, like I love like Spanish food. I love making like tapas and things like that. And but I, you I know, love I'll, pie, Irish shepherd's pie, and what you put in there and the cream. I'm like, oh, bring me that bowl, yum yum. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, shepherd. Okay, there's nothing better. That's the one good thing. So like, in, British food. Uh, British and Irish food uh, is very, it, there's not a lot to it, but it's very, um, it's hey. very, yeah, heart, it's like warm and sort of like, you know, wholesome. And it's just like a good shepherd's pie, a good fish pie, uh, a good, you know, just, it's just potatoes, meat and a bit of veg. And it's just like, boom, or a stew, a good stew. Nothing better than an Irish <laughs> stew as well. Just like, you know. No, good. Yeah. So, I have to go hiking after this. I'm gonna go hiking now. You're fucking my shit up because now I'm gonna... <laughs> you'll be like, oh, I'm so hungry. Right like, well, I'm gonna have me some mac and cheese with bacon oh, right now with breadcrumbs on top. 
Oh, oh here's one. For, okay, here's something for you. Is right. Something. I think weight is all your fault. <laughs> okay, here's nope. something. Here's something for you. Here's here's a bit of Northern Irish culinary. Um, a, um, a, a bit a bit of a recipe for you. Right. It's called Fifteens. Now you can Google this. It's called Fifteens. So it's called it. Just type Fifteens Northern Ireland. It's basically. You get 15 digestive biscuits, you get 15 marshmallows, you get 15 glacé cherries, so those cherries that are sort of kind of like sticky and you get them in a little tub, uh, and you get half a tin of condensed milk. You smash up the um, you smash up the digestive biscuits, like so you would do in a cheesecake or something like that, so it's all crumbs and stuff. Stick that in, you put the cherries in, you cut the marshmallows up in, you stick the condensed milk in, you use your hands, mix it all together, stick it on uh, some cling fill or you call it serene wrap saram wrap that that see-through stuff see-through stuff we call it cling film yeah uh you stick it on some of that with some uh desiccated uh coconut on the top of it you make it like a so you make it like a sausage you make it so it's tight so you, you get and you stick it in the fridge for a couple of hours then you open it up you cut it up it looks a bit like rocky road it's kind of like rocky road all right you it's, gotta email me that recipe it is beautiful <laughs> it's so easy to make you as kids that's what you grow up as a kid when you go to primary school in northern ireland you learn how to make that's the, one of the first things you learn how to make and it is so nice. It's it's very rich because the condensed milk and things like that, but it's so you know, good. Facebook me that message that whole thing. Yes, so. I will. I will. I, I heard marshmallows. I was like, what? <laughs> and that's the end of cooking with geek pride. Um, <laughs> pride cooking. Yeah. But seriously, try the mac and cheese with bacon. You'll never go back to normal mac and cheese in your life, yeah. unless you're, you just, ve- you're vegan or something like that. But still, thank you. You ruined now. I got to get bacon on my mac. And cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you updated. My bad. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um. Right. Right. Let's, we're about sorry. We? Um. Okay. So we've got a new section that we we now do because uh we've got to cater to our fans on tiktok and stuff like that and uh so we do this sort of kind of quiz thing at the end it's basically we we, we pick a franchise uh a geeky franchise like lord of the rings um we did aliens last time uh, uh star wars something like that we and you you pick a franchise you then pick a character and then the other people have 60 seconds to guess that character um so I am going to do one for Dan, Dana, which hopefully she'll get. Um, now it's going to be it's going to be Evil Dead, uh, the Evil Dead franchise. Um, so you could basically you have to sort of find out which which film it is, and then you can guess the character within it. So you have sixty seconds. Um, everybody else can guess if they if they wish. By all means, guess away. So it is uh, Evil Dead franchise 60 seconds go that's all her. anybody guess away okay oh, uh, we just, start guessing. just guess uh, do ask me questions yeah. so what which which film so you could go which film we'll start, we'll start again so I'll, so you could you basically ask no, male or female uh which you know so is it is it uh evil dead one is it evil dead two is army of darkness you know like that and then i say yes or no and you you do that and stuff so uh i will go Impression. Here. Say it again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, said I was waiting for you to do an impression. Honestly, 
Um, okay, no, no, no. So you basically just ask questions and then, like, yeah, Pete can jump yeah. in when if, if you're struggling right, and stuff. Sure. Okay, so, uh, okay, so, um, <laughs> okay, 60 seconds. Uh, uh, army of, we'll say Army of Darkness. Army, army of Darkness. Uh, 60 seconds, go. Male okay, or female? Uh, it is a meal. Is it Ash? It is not Ash. Oh, okay. Um, is it one of the deadites? It is not one of the deadites. Is it a good guy? Um, I have no it, it, yes, it, by for the overarching part of the film depends on what side you're on, but yes, he is a good guy. Is it King Henry? Ah, oh, it is. It is. It is, it is Henry the Red. Very good. Bang on. Nice one. Yeah, that was all day now. I was like... <laughs> 40 seconds. Very good. Yes, we had, we had Henry the Red. Very good. Yep. All right. Okay. The Rings, I'd be all over that shit. But oh, no. we, we, we can do Lord of the Rings. I, I, I've got some Lord of the Rings. Well, so Pete, what what is your one? What are you going to go for? Okay, I'm going to go for X-Men. Okay, oh. X, X-Men. Okay. So... <laughs> Um, are we talking? We're talking films, Pete. Or are we talk, talking? Comics? Yes, we're talking. I'm not going to subject you to comics. The films. Okay. Okay. So, X Men. Sixty seconds. Go. Is she blue? No. Um. In the uh, is she got? Oh, excuse the X Men. Is she a part of the X Men? Are the are they part of the X Men? Yes. Does she have red hair? Male or female? Um. Yes. Wait, male, male, male or female? Um, female. Yes. Yes. Red hair. Yep. Yeah. The phoenix. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. twenty-eight seconds. All right, we're on. We're storming through these. Storming through these. Storming. Okay. Alina, give us a give us a franchise, get, and then we'll guess a character. Okay. Um, oh shit! Um, I have so many. I should know this by now. Okay, okay, Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars. Right there for one minute. Uh, let me do the timing. So, Star Wars. Uh, Sixty seconds. Go. Um. Okay. Original trilogy. Uh. Yes. Um. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, sorry. Uh. New Hope. Are they in a New Hope? Mm, no. Are they in Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. Are they in uh, Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Um, Lando Calvisian. Nope. Lando. Nope. Um, oh, no. Are they male, male or female? Mm, male-ish. Male-ish. Okay, male-ish. And he's in Empire and he's in uh, Jedi. Um, but uh, Empire, uh, sorry, Empire Rebels. Huh? Empire Rebels? Uh, no, not the Rebels. So he's em- is he yeah. Empire? He's both Empire and. Uh, oh, is he? Is he scum and villainy? Nope. Ooh. 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 God. Okay. Um. Okay. Last. Okay. So everybody's got one last guess, and then they have to guess a uh the name. So we've got Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Um, male ish, uh, yeah, um, and they are Empire. Did you say? No, not Empire. They're no. not Empire. They're the Rebels. They're the, Reb- the Rebels. So male ish. Yeah. 
Huh? I'm like I said Boba Fett. He said they're nope. rebels. So. No, he's part of the Alliance. Oh, oh God, I, I'm completely. I, I right. Uh, are the uh, human? Uh, what? Are the human? No. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, so let me think about this. So what's my last question going to be? So we've got Empire, Jedi, not human, um, male-ish. Male, are, yeah. they, are they a droid? Nope. Oh. Come on, guys. So easy. Is it? Oh, God. Um, uh, or what used to be a Jedi. Used to be a Jedi. That's a big oh, hit. Yoda. Yoda, right? Yoda. Yes, Yoda. Yoda. Oh, oh my God! Oh. What the hell? Oh so my You're God! Fired. Where was my hand? Oh. I can't believe it, man. Oh God! Of course it's. Of course it's bloody yeah. Yoda. Ah. Oh. Am I right? He was in the New Hope. He was in second. Yeah, yeah. He's only in the. Second. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Though technically, you could argue, obviously, it's in the original trilogy as well. Yoda, it's Yoda. Yeah, he's yeah. Okay, he's, I was like, I think he's a guy. Yeah, it's male. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to call because you said male-ish, uh, so it kind of threw me off slightly. But I, I'm still trying to debate. Like, is he male? I think he is. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I didn't even have Yoda in my head. Right. I don't know why. Like, yeah. obviously, one of those. Oh, you know, mm, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Dana, give us one of yours then. Give us a franchise and give us a character. Say it again. Hunger Games. Hunger oh. Games. Ooh, okay. Okay, I'm not great on Hunger Games. Okay, so Hunger Games, 60 seconds, go. Okay, are they from the capital? No. Are they one of the districts? One of the districts? Yes. Okay. Are they in all three Hunger Games books? Are they what? Are, are in all three Hunger Games films. Say that again? Are they in all of the Hunger yes. Games films? Right, okay. Yes. Mm. Uh, oh God. Do, they take, do they take part in the games? Yeah, yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah, I mean, okay, they're not a contestant. Not a contestant. Contestants, but in all three films. Of the lead girl, her daughter, her not her daughter, her sister, the sister of the lead girl. Okay. No, no, no. Can't think of anything else. Are the male or female? Yeah, yeah. Male, male. I'm going to have to go for the comments here because I haven't got a clue what's going on here. Um, uh, somebody's saying P- P- Peter? Peter? No, not Peter. Is it her hot boyfriend guy? Walking Jay's hot boyfriend? Not her hot boyfriend guy. No, no. Okay, last last guess. Um, I haven't got a clue because my Hunger Games knowledge is pretty bad. Um, so um, one last guess. Um, fire away. Oh man, I'm stumped. I've seen yeah. all. Oh. It's not the mayor, is it? 
No. No. Is a fashion designer lady? No. One or two. Oh, no, 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 no. Lenny Kravitz. No, I love him. I know. No yeah, idea. Yeah. Since, no uh, idea. Yeah. Who have we got? Who is it? It's Hamish. And he was a former contest. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. All that right. was good. You that got me. That's a good one. Okay. Um, that's. that's uh, one, two, we've done four. We'll do, we'll do one more. Um, so I've got one one per day for uh for the the all TikTok. I'll I'll go for um. I'll go for Star Wars. Oh, are we gonna go for Lord of the Rings? What would you prefer? Do Lord of the Rings. Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. Okay. All right. We're gonna go for Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. We'll go. We'll go Lord of the Rings. We'll go. Um. We'll go Lord of the Rings. We will go film. So we're not gonna go too deep into it. Uh. I won't go too Lord of the Rings nerd on you. And we're going to go for... Who am I going to go for? Um, I am going to go for... Uh, okay. All right. So, now I, uh, no, actually, because that'll be a massive clue. Okay. So, Lord of the Rings, uh, 60 seconds, go. In all three films. Is he male uh, or female? Uh, he is male. Um, he is not in all three films. Oh. Uh, in Fellowship of the Ring? No. This is a male. Not in all, all three films? No. He's not in all the three films, no. It's a Gollum. It is not Gollum. Is it Fair? I can't, I can't. The, 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 uh, Fair, Fairmere, Bormere, it's not Denethor, no. Are they human? Not no, they're not, they're not. They're not human. Are they elf? They're not elf. Are they hobbit? Are, are they? Sorry, are they? They're, they're orc. Orc. The orc king. The big guy with the, the, the that goes the, after uh, Aragorn. The elf guy. That no. Goes after okay, Aragorn. I'll give you. You got one more guess each. Um, did you say he was or wasn't an orc? He is an orc. Oh, he is an orc. He is an orc. Um, you'll know him. Uh, you'll know. You might not know his name, but you probably know his face. Um, a, I'll, I'll give you. I'll does give he have you a white face? Does I'll give you. Face? I'll give you a clue. He's the hand of Solomon guy. The, the white hand. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about Lurtz. It's not Lurtz. Uh, the, oh. the one who killed Boromir. He's in um, He's in The Return of the King. Uh, and more specifically, he's at the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Oh, that ugly looking dude with big guy with the, at the front of the battle. And he's got the weird... No eyes. Yeah, he's called... Go- you're right. Thing. Yeah, he's called... Oh, uh, it's, it's, he's called Gothmog. Uh, and he is the, the orc with the deformed, the one who sort of uh, spits at the uh, the rock when it comes down and sort of crushes a bunch of them. His name actually is the name of the king of the Balrogs uh, from the Silmarillion. So Gothmog is the name of the uh, lord of the Balrogs uh, from the Silmarillion, but they give him the same name. So that's that's what he is. There you go, Gothmog. There you go. Uh, <laughs> 
right got me though that's pretty good yeah yeah i was pretty proud of that one and stuff i i could go like you know because i'm a massive lord of the rings nerd so i could go right into sort of summer alien and things like that but i thought i'd keep it i've seen the whole thing so even the hobbit too i've seen all that in the hobbit. what do you what do you think all right because what do you think about think so. uh because we've we, we had a con myself and pete had a conversation about this uh last week i believe um obviously lord of the rings trilogy um the films were, were you know amazing what did you think of the hobbit the hobbit trilogy it should have been one film it should have just been one film and by trying to pad it out they i it, the, those movies irritate me so much and I wanted to love them, but I swear to God, I just think of, of Legolas scrambling up the falling rocks and I just want to punch something. I, <laughs> it drives me Yes, insane. yes. Um, yeah, that, that was sort of kind of the conclusion we came to. It's like they, 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 they stretched it out way too much. I could understand why they added a bit more uh, exposition to it because in the book yeah. it's quite short and there's certain things which I think worked quite well when they sort of kind of spread it out but stretching it over to three films and then overusing cgi when the last films were a lot about sort of kind of tangible sort of kind of bigotures you know they had you know Physical practical effects. Pra practical effects and stuff um whereas this one it was very reliant on cgi and you could tell and it just like you said you wanted to love it you wanted it to be um something like you know oh it's lord of the rings of course it's going to be good but i just came out of it feeling like what the what was that i'm just like i didn't hear it. don't get me wrong i didn't hear it but it was just like it just didn't feel like it lived up to lord of the rings in my mind they were they were building it that they were doing it so they could make a, a theme park with rides you know like like in the goblin kingdom and and the barrels and stuff i mean they had um the, the the casting of um god i can't believe i'm blanking on his name uh bilbo's the after the play bilbo was perfect i mean there were so many things that, yeah. that they did martin freeman you know so yeah i just it was like one one good film one long film it could be like one of those almost three hour films and it would have been probably a really really good movie i yeah i i, think I, I also kind of wonder why the dwarf king his hair was blowing back you know it's just <laughs> There was just, there was choices in that movie that I, oh, yeah. that's true. It was too much. It was, yeah, they should have stuck to more of the character. I agree. I think some of the comments in Twitch disagree with this. Uh, <laughs> we've got M MP uh, Sumdean says, um, uh, Mom, I strongly disagree. You guys can knock it off. I rebuke that. Um, you know, we're not saying it's a bad film. I, a bad set of I films. Am. It's, I didn't I, I oh really wow I didn't hate it um I just I, didn't feel like I felt like they could have done what they needed to do in either a long film um like the you know three hours and or even an extended edition even like two films maybe they could have could have done it because some of it I, I I quite liked were in the books they didn't talk about uh where Gandalf went to you know they talk about the necromancer which is obviously Sauron um and I, I would have liked them to, I liked the fact that they sort of kind of did a bit of, you know, they, they, what happened where Gandalf was, what what was happening, you know, with the, the necromancer and stuff. Um, I liked that. Um, but there was loads of other stuff and it was just like, eh. The White Orc, you know, um, he was killed by Dane, I think, wasn't he? He was killed by Dane, um, 
So he's not in the books. He's not in, well, not in the books. He's not in The Hobbit. He was already dead, but they sort of kind of added him in as a sort of an uh, an antagonist, um, uh, which was weird. Um, and the whole thing, Battle of the Five Armies, in the book, it's it's wargs, goblins, uh, elves, dwarfs, and the, the men of deal. Um, and they kind of didn't do that because they didn't have a warg army. They just had orcs and goblins and stuff. And it just sort of, you know, it just, it, it, it was strange because they had some of the sort of kind of, because it's, it, it's a kid's book, isn't it, Hobbit? So they had some of that sort of kind of, sort of more, uh, yeah. what's the word? Um, I can't even think. My, my brain's gone. Okay. What was going to be good? The new Amazon series? I was so close to, I was trying to get on that thing. You oh, haven't oh. how much I tried to get on that thing. They had, the, half the cast hasn't had many credits. I was like, well, if you're going to hire them, why don't you hire me? <laughs> <laughs> Would that like, be like a dream come true for you? If you, if you I got... wanted to be a sword fighting elf so bad, like what yeah. uh, Evangeline Lily's thing was, and I, that was within yeah. my character. Um, but... We'll see, maybe the second season. But yeah, I tried to get on it. It was, I tried to the producers, the writers. It was. I, I, I'm just so, I, I, I'm kind of slightly reticent about it all because I, I, I've, you know, I've, I've, it's going to be based on obviously Cimmerian stuff because it's going to be second age. And, yeah. um, I, I just don't want it to be too, I want it because, and again, myself and Pete talked about this last time. The Cimmerian's very dark. It's a dark book. Um, there's a lot of sort of dark edges to it, and I, I kind of hope they add that into the series. I hope it's not too sort of kind of flowery, and um, you know, I I want it not to be like out and out like Game of Thrones, but sort of again not to be too sort of kind of you know hollywood if, if if that makes sense and sort of i don't i kind of want a good sort of a good mix and I, i'm very because i want i want it to be so good it's like it's the amount of money they've spent on it i'm just kind of oh, going right. please be good please be good please good please be good and it's not peter jackson so i was like you guys did a good job yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens i mean i love the hobbit i loved everything about it i mean i knew like you said, I could see how it can comprise in two movies, but I like how they stretched out some areas and it did have some filler stuff, but I'm a big nerd, so I like everything. Um, I just wish there was, uh, yeah, like you said, this kind of stuff, some of the stuff was kind of, it didn't work, but I still liked it. I don't know. It took me out of the story. Some of took me out of the story. was my problem with it, but, yeah, I mean, I love Smog. I loved... Um, yeah, he was cool. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is the dragon? Yeah, I, yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm just like, um, like you, you like again. We 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 had this conversation last week, but um, if if you, I'm not sure how much you know about the Cimmerillion. You should, if you don't know much about it, you should look look up the uh, the children here in story. Ready yet? But I bought the book. <laughs> it's it, it's 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 a hard read. Let's just say, if you read it, you may have to read it again because there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that sort of, it's very complicated. Um, I had to read it a couple of times before it sort of kind of started sinking in because there's lots of different names in different languages for the same thing, and there's a lot of people and a lot going on. But there's there's a dragon in it called Gaurong, Galrong, and the story with him and the children of Huron is just messed up absolutely messed up like it's proper game of thrones stuff you know and it's like you should you know give it a go because it's, okay, it's okay. 
Yeah, it's just smart. That's just wait for the series in, in a September when it airs. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I I don't know whereabouts it's going to be from. I guess it's going to be. Um, it might be the fall of Numenor. Uh, and the black well, for, good, yeah, it's about the fall of Numenor and also about the uh, rise of the Nazgul. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Oh no. So tail end of the second age, then basically t- towards the sort of third. Um, but yeah. So yeah, ho- hopefully it's going to be good. I just it yeah. better be. It better be. Yeah, it would. It better be. If I want it, it for, for sure would. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I will stop there. That's a whole another hour of me venting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, can I let, a kill, kill? I actually have to get back. Say it again. So, I need. I need. I need. Sorry, Dan. I got, you broke up there. I couldn't hear you. I need to. I, I have to get back to work. I, yeah, I took yeah, an extended I, lunch. Oh yeah, yes. Okay. So I, I was just about. I was just about. I was just about to say goodbye now. Anyway, um, so thank you very much, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been so much fun. I appreciate it. By all means, you're more than welcome to come back on um, whenever you wish. Um, our pleasure. Um, so thank you very much uh, for tonight. I've been Matt Geary. Uh, with me has been Peter Ray Allison. Good night, everyone. Um, nice to meet you. Thank you for having. Me. Bye, Peter Dana. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye.